What is it about the royal family that intrigues us so much? I think it's the drama, isn't it? Well, this week we once again hop through the centuries to learn the interesting, juicy tidbits about how some of the other royal families lived. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Tudor's Dynasty Podcast. Welcome to This Week in Royal History. I am your host, Rebecca Larson. Best known as the monarch who lost the colonies, George III died on the 29th of January, 1820. Born at Norfolk House in London in June 1738 to Frederick, Prince of Wales, and Augusta of Saxe-Gotha. He was the first king from the House of Hanover to be born in Great Britain and spoke English as his first language. He was the first king from the House of Hanover to be born in Great Britain and spoke English as his first language. While he is considered a Hanoverian, George actually never visited Hanover. He was educated with his younger brother, Edward, by private tutors and was interested in the natural sciences. George's father died unexpectedly in 1751, and 13-year-old George was created Prince of Wales that same year by his grandfather, George II. On the 25th of October, 1760, George II died, and our George then became George III at 22 years old. In September 1761, George married Princess Charlotte of Mecklenburg-Strelitz. They met for the first time on their wedding day and were crowned together that month at Westminster Abbey. George and Charlotte had 15 children together, and George was loyal to his wife throughout their marriage. George also inherited the ongoing war between Britain and France in North America. When the war was over, the British Empire was deeply in debt and sought to regain revenue from the American colonies, who benefited most from the outcome of the war. The American colonies were outraged at the new taxes levied against them, and by 1775, the American Revolution began at Lexington and Concord, and independence was declared in 1776. Britain surrendered at the Battle of Yorktown in 1781, and the king recognized the independence of America with the Treaties of Paris. That same year, the French Revolution occurred, which overthrew the monarchy in France. By 1793, France declared war on Great Britain. 
two coalitions would come together to help Britain fight the French, including Austria, Prussia, Spain, Russia, and the Ottoman Empire. However, by 1800, it was only Great Britain left to fight Napoleon Bonaparte. In 1801, the Act of Union was passed that united Great Britain and Ireland into one single state, known as the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Ireland. This allowed George to abandon the title King of France, which had been claimed by English and British sovereigns since the reign of Henry VI. After the 1803 naval victory at the Battle of Trafalgar, when Napoleon's naval forces were defeated, George's mental illness returned, but was short. By 1811, George had a rapid decline in his health. The death of his youngest daughter may have triggered his final mental illness, which remained permanently and forced him to live in seclusion until his death. He accepted the Regency Act of 1811, and his son, George, Prince of Wales, ruled as regent. George died at Windsor Castle on the 29th of January in 1820. He was 81 years old. His reign was the longest of any English monarch at the time, only to be surpassed by his granddaughter, Queen Victoria, and his four-time great-granddaughter, Queen Elizabeth II. As the only surviving child of her parents, Anne Clifford was born on the 30th of January, 1590, to George Clifford, 3rd Earl of Cumberland, and Lady Margaret Russell. She was born in Yorkshire. A year after her birth, her parents actually lived separately, and this followed the death of her two elder brothers. Anne's father died in 1605, and she succeeded as Baroness de Clifford in her own right. She was excluded from inheriting the Earldom of Cumberland, which went to her uncle. She was excluded from inheriting the Earldom of Cumberland, which went to her uncle. Anne was a favorite of Queen Elizabeth I as a child and danced in masks with Anne of Denmark, Queen Consort to James I of England. In February 1609, Anne married Richard Sackville, 3rd Earl of Dorset. They had five children, although only two daughters would survive to adulthood. Richard died in 1624, and Anne then married Philip Herbert, 4th Earl of Pembroke and 1st Earl of Montgomery in 1630. They had no children. Thirteen years later, Anne finally inherited her father's estates in Westmoreland after her only cousin died without male heirs. Anne died on the 22nd of March, 1676, at 86 years old. And she died in the same room that her father had been born in. Her wealth, titles, and estates went to her eldest daughter. Charles I is easily recognized as the first reigning monarch in England to be executed. In order to understand what happened, let's go back to the beginning. Charles was born on the 19th of November, 1600, in Fife, Scotland, to James VI of Scotland and Anne of Denmark. He was their second son. In 1603, after the death of Elizabeth I of England, his father, who was a cousin of Elizabeth, 
became King of England and Ireland as James I. Charles joined his family in England in 1604 and a year later was created Duke of York. He became the heir apparent when his elder brother, Henry, died in 1612 and succeeded his father as King of England in 1625. That same year, he married Henrietta Maria of France. Many were worried about this marriage as Henrietta Maria was a Catholic. Charles and Parliament were at odds many times throughout his reign, and he even dissolved it three times between 1625 and 1629, when he dismissed Parliament altogether and decided to rule on his own. This put a monetary strain on the kingdom, and Charles became increasingly unpopular. He was forced to call Parliament again in 1641 when he needed funds for the fighting in Scotland. The following year, the Civil War had begun, and in the end, the Royalists lost. Charles was captured and brought to trial on charges of treason. He was executed on the 30th of January in 1649 at 48 years old, outside Whitehall in London, and was buried at St. George's Chapel in Windsor Castle next to Henry VIII and his third wife, Jane Seymour. Henry of Portugal was born on the 31st of January, 1512, to Manuel I of Portugal and Maria of Aragon. He was their fifth son and not expected to succeed to the throne. Therefore, Henry took holy orders early in his life and promoted Portuguese interests within the church. He served as Archbishop of Lisbon from 1564 to 1570. Henry also served as regent for his young great-nephew, Sebastian, who disappeared in 1578 after battle. He was presumed dead, and Henry was named King of Portugal in August. Since Henry was not allowed to marry, and the Pope denied his request to be released from his vows, he left no heirs. He died on the 31st of January, 1580, his 68th birthday. Henry's death led to the Portuguese succession crisis and eventual union of Portugal and Spain under Philip II. Fun fact, Henry is also known as Henry the Chaste and the Cardinal King. Six days after the death of Edward II, his son, Edward III, was crowned on the 1st of February, 1327, at Westminster Abbey. He was 14 years old, and his mother took control of the regency alongside Roger Mortimer. Edward's mother, Isabella of France, and Mortimer were responsible for deposing his father, claiming he was incompetent to rule. Edward's mother, Isabella of France, and Mortimer were responsible for deposing his father, claiming he was incompetent to rule. By 1330, Mortimer was executed, and Edward began his personal reign. Now let's move forward to the House of York. On the 10th of August, 1439, Anne Plantagenet was born to Richard Plantagenet, 3rd Duke of York, and Cecily Neville at Fotheringay in Northampshire. She was their first child and would become elder sister to King Edward IV and Richard III. 
When Anne was eight years old, she married 17-year-old Henry Holland, 3rd Duke of Exeter, who lived with her family at Fotheringay. The marriage was consummated nine years later, and they had one daughter, Lady Anne, before Henry was forced into exile for supporting the House of Lancaster during the Wars of the Roses. He was attained, and his vast estates went to Anne and their daughter. Anne and Henry were officially separated and divorced by 1472. Her daughter died sometime between 1467 and 1472, and Anne remarried in 1474 to Thomas St. Ledger, and they had one daughter, another Anne, Anne St. Ledger, who would go on to inherit the Exeter estates from her mother. Thomas was executed in 1483 after a failed rebellion with the Duke of Buckingham against Richard III. Anne died on the 14th of January, 1476, at 36 years old. Interesting fact, Anne's first daughter, Lady Anne Holland, married Thomas Gray, first Marquess of Dorset and son of Queen Consort Elizabeth Woodville from her first marriage. When we think of the Tudors, we think of how they started. Let's go back to the very first Tudor in our line that we can think of, and that would be Owen Tudor. Now, Owen Tudor was born about 1400 in Wales, and not much is known about his early life, but he is thought to be a descendant of a powerful family in the 13th, 14th century Wales. At some point before 1422, Owen was sent to the court of Henry V of England to serve in the king's household. Henry died in 1422, leaving an infant son, Henry VI, and a widow, Catherine of Valois. No date is known for their marriage, but Owen began a relationship with Catherine and had at least two sons with her. Catherine died in 1437, and Owen was arrested and imprisoned but released in 1439 and restored to his lands by Henry VI. Henry even brought his half-brothers to court in 1442. Owen fought in the Battle of Mortimer's Cross in 1461 against Edward of York, future Edward IV, and lost. He was captured by the York army and executed in 1461. And that concludes this week in royal history. I really hope you found a topic this week that you'll latch on to a little and dig a little bit deeper. And if you do and you find out some great information, please feel free to share it with me. You can find me on social media as at Tudor's Dynasty or head over to the website and send me a message. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week. I'm Rebecca Larson. Until next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Tudor's Dynasty podcast. You can follow and support the Tudor's Dynasty podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon at Tudor's Dynasty.